Welcome to ThinkScope. We're two Bay Area teens who each month explore a complicated idea or controversial topic that most people assume teens are too naive to understand or have an opinion about. We are passionate about discussing the tough questions in life and having brutally honest conversations. We hope our podcast will help our listeners gain an understanding into a teen's mental metamorphosis, the process of becoming a mature adult, as well as an insight into how we think about complicated issues. I'm your co-host, Megan Mehta. And I'm your other co-host, Alexis Flanarenko. And let's get into this month's conversation on ThinkScope. Up to 50% of teenagers may feel discouraged to pursue a career in STEM. STEM stands for science, tech, engineering, and math. And that's due to their gender. That's right, you heard us correctly up to 50%. Why? It's because women often are seen as outsiders and feel unwelcome in STEM fields. Thus, they feel discouraged or unconfident or uncomfortable about pursuing degrees in fields that are so heavily male-dominated. By the way, when we say women, we mean anybody that identifies as a woman, not the, you know, the sex, gender, female, but rather gender, not sex. Um, so that includes trans women, any, any, anyone who considers themselves as a woman. Either way, though, diversity matters. And Megan and I are women interested in pursuing a degree in STEM. However, though, we have faced a lot of obstacles, but despite these setbacks, the diverse and really inclusive environment of the Bay Area that we live in has really helped us to overcome a bunch of our challenges. But what about the girls interested in STEM that are more in conservative areas? What about the women before and after us? And in this episode, we are going to discuss what this means and what it means to be a woman in STEM in the modern day. And I think a really great way to start this conversation is to review why we are pursuing a STEM degree in the first place. So just in case we missed it, in the previous episode, um, I want to be an aerospace engineering major because my main goal and dream is to become an astronaut. And I think before that, I never really considered STEM until I was inspired to become an astronaut. And not that many people from my hometown, Sonoma County, even wanting to pursue a college degree in the first place. So once I discovered my dream to be an astronaut, I was STEM all the way. And in case you missed my part in the last couple episodes, I'm kind of a weird combination between STEM and non-STEM. So I'm interested in pursuing a communications and environmental economics degree, and I might minor or maybe double major in computer science. Some sort of double major with one minor combination of all three of those. And um, I was really interested in biology during my freshman and sophomore year of high school, and now I'm really interested in like environmental sciences and um, computer science type of data analysis and tech fields. And with that in mind, I feel like a lot of women may feel discouraged to pursue STEM degrees or careers in STEM, even if they are interested in those fields, because people, uh, male, female, anybody in between, um, remember, it's not just men that can discourage women from pursuing STEM degrees. I feel like that applies to anyone who uh, exerts sort of aggressive behaviors or, you know, attitudes, very passive aggressive type of weird superiority complex. Um, Anyone can, you know, exert those behaviors and discourage women from pursuing STEM degrees, including other women. So 
Um, this kind of applies to anyone who does that. Uh, either way, I feel like a lot of women, women feel discouraged because their voices are ignored and, you know, their opinions are not considered or point of view when trying to solve a problem is sort of considered wrong or they're not given the same type of attention or, um, you know, understanding that like, A, they're not perfect, B, you know, they they want to learn, but like they need a mentor, just sort of like a combination of all of that. And, you know, maybe trying to, maybe other people trying to boast their skills to directly or indirectly belittle women that are still uh, maybe less skilled and still working on learning and improving their skills. So that whole combination of sort of passive aggressiveness, aggression, um, hostility, and all of this belittlement creates a really unwelcome and very to toxic environment and may make feel and may make women feel like they're not good enough or smart enough, smart enough to pursue STEM. Um, and this, you know, this negative environment, it's not particular to women. If you did that to anybody, they would feel like an outsider, like they don't belong or deserve to be part of a quote unquote, you know, exclusive group. So I think it's really important to create a welcoming environment that understands that, you know, women in STEM, they want to pursue this field. So give them the support they need, a little bit of help, a little bit of mentorship, and they will change the world. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. I think those are great points that you brought up. And that actually leads perfectly into my question about why do you think that women, especially younger women, really feel discouraged sometimes to pursue STEM degrees? So in addition, that's a great question, by the way. In addition to, you know, everything I said before about it being a hostile group and sort of maybe a bad environment and toxic environment, I feel like historically, you know, there, ha there haven't been that many women in the STEM field. So girls all over the world might think, you know, this hasn't been for me for generations. It's not just like, oh, you know, your grandma wasn't in STEM or your grandma didn't, you know, have a college degree or whatever. This goes back hundreds of thousands of years. It goes back as far as time started, right? Since the beginning of time. So if you can't get there or you feel like you can't get there because of what has happened historically, why, why would you even bother? Why would you even try, right? And so this lack of diversity really discourages women to even explore the subject, even on a surface level, like take a class in high school or, you know, some sort of extracurricular activity. And without that exposure and without that welcoming environment and all of that poor history behind why women don't feel encouraged to pursue STEM, um, that sort of discourages them to even think about it or even, you know, like I said, look, look at it on a surface level. So um, without that entry level, you know, knowledge, you're never going to be able to pursue a field that you're interested in, or you might have been interested in. Yeah, definitely. And then I also think, you know, that the fact for that for so many years, the STEM and that world of business has really been dominated by men that I think a lot of times women, especially at a young age, like I know at least I have, I've always just felt like, the STEM world had been oppressing us and I feel like it's going to be that way for the rest of my life, which is kind of the sad part. Like, it's not like that I think that sexism isn't going to become less of a problem. Like I really am seeing big changes, you know, in the world right now and everything's getting so much better and more opportunities are open for women. 
but I don't necessarily think that this problem is going to be fixed within the generation of me and Megan. But what I do expect is that there's going to be major changes, you know, to make sure that young women who are interested in STEM or any sort of field do have the opportunity and the encouragement to do that. And so also um, a big question, Megan, that I have for you, this kind of relates back to our very first episode where we talked about generational racism. I'm kind of wondering what your thoughts are when it comes to this episode about maybe generational sexism and why this is just still such a big main problem within our world today. I think generational sexism is a really interesting idea because I think sexism as a whole um, to an extent has always been generational sexism, right? Like this goes back centuries, thousands of years, like, like so, again, since the beginning of time. Um, so I think one of the really big reasons might be like historically in some areas, um, in some countries, parents might favor having a boy child versus a girl, um, or the men do like quote unquote manly work around the house. Like, you know, they'll go to work, they'll make money. They're the breadwinners compared to girls who are traditionally, um, do house jobs or stay at home mom, sort of raise the kids, all of that. Right. Um, and this is um really obvious in the united states if you look at like you know up to the 1950s and even after that um in a lot of areas and even now um i think another example that's sort of more international is that conservative conservative people especially in rural india not so much like the cities anymore but definitely in rural air india where it's still like you know kind of backwards they often favor having a male kid in our kind of disappointed when they have a girl. The parents are congratulated for having a boy. It's like, oh my God, you had a boy, congrats. You know, this is gonna be the best thing for you. But there's a feeling of sadness or despair or burden when there's a girl because, you know, you have to deal with wedding dowry, which is a whole other ridiculous concept, in my opinion, absolutely horrible concept. Um, that's a different episode though. Um, there's that whole dowry and wedding and teaching her this and that. And so it, it's having a girl is sort of synonymous with having a burden. Um, and one movie that I watched, uh, the movie's name is Bungal. That's uh, Hindi for wrestling. It's a Bollywood movie about this guy who was a wrestler and he wanted to have a boy so that he could um, he could carry out his wrestling dream of winning like uh, a gold medal in the Olympics. Um, but all he got was girls. He had four girls and he went and he said, you know what? Screw it. If I don't have a boy, that's okay. I'm going to take my girls and I'm going to train them and I'm going to turn them into these, you know, Olympic medal winning, just totally incredible international champions for wrestling. And he did. And you have to realize like this dude is from one of the most backward areas in India, like one of the most conservative. So when he did this, there was like a lot of, he felt a lot of shame from his society. But, you know, when, when the girls won for India, it was a, it was a really big change in attitude because people were like, oh, wow, like, you know, maybe we should like girls do um, all of these things that boys traditionally do. So I think it's sort of also a societal pressure and it's just been considered the quote unquote norm um, for men to do like manly things and girls to do like feminine things, but I don't think that should be the case anymore. I think it's not only okay, but it's better to sort of cross all of those boundaries and 
um, break all of those barriers. I think it's really unethical that those barriers even existed. And I think by crossing those, we can launch our society into um, a more progressive and better future for everyone. So this, this sort of leads into my question for you, Alexis. Why do you think diversity matters? So I think definitely, you know, diversity is a big reason. And I think it's something that's really a powerful motivator. Like, of course, you know, there's terrible kinds of people and these kinds of people are always going to exist in this world, regardless of like whatever field of career you choose to pursue. And so I think there's a sad part of that, you know, someone is always going to be trying to discourage or belittle you. But what really helps is seeing someone like you, you know, someone that has a similar background or race or gender, or sexual orientation, anything like that, because there's going to be those kinds of people that aren't going to believe in you. But if you see someone that's represented like you in the world, you're going to understand, you know, that I can do that. And so, like, for example, I think we're starting to see this in a lot of, like, children's books, you know, like, books about um, females and, like, STEM, for example, or, you know, just, like, showing a wide range of, like, races or ethnicities or religions and cultures in children's books so that children are able to see themselves represented. And it's really what's going to help them try to get to that other side of keeping their goal in mind, even though there's a lot of people around them who maybe think that someone that looks like them or someone that acts like them or whatever can do whatever they're trying to do. And so I really think that this builds a lot of willpower. And also in a similar matter, this is really going to bring up like inspiration because, you know, more women are going to feel like their dream is really achievable now. And I think this needs to become more of a norm because normalizing such like progressivism it's really important, especially in young children and girls, and it's going to make them feel more inspired and give them more motivation to persevere and keep working hard because they know that someone like them made it, so why can't they make it? And so, like, you know, everybody knows I'm going to be an astronaut, um, but something that, like, I think about a lot, you know, is that it's kind of weird that I mostly look up to, like, male astronauts, and it's not that I relate to them by gender, but rather by their passion for space. And um, I think that's really awesome, but I think it'd be even more awesome if there were a lot more like female astronauts too, you know, so I could see someone just like me doing something that I want to do. That's a really interesting thing. Um, I know, like you said, you look up to predominantly male astronauts, but I'm sort of curious why not more women astronauts, like, you know, Mae Jemison, Sally Ride, like, legendary capital K queens like all I mean I can't there's not enough words to express how much they've done for women in STEM so I'm sort of curious why it's why you're more when you think of astronauts it's more male versus female like why do you think that is yeah I that's a really interesting question because it's really weird to think about that like I didn't even realize that I look more up to male astronauts than I do females until like we started having this conversation about what we want to do this episode for our podcast on. People like Mae Jemison and Sally Ride, you know, to me are, oh my gosh, the all-time, like, figure female astronauts. I love them. I think they're super inspiring. But it's so weird to think that, like, a lot of times it's the males that I, you know, like, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, you know, these are, like, the astronauts. And I think a lot of times um, I read, like, a whole bunch of books about um, astronauts and their stories. Oh, I've read so many books, all my bookshelves are filled with astronaut biographies or autobiographies, um, but all of these are written 
by men. And so I guess when I think of like astronauts and their stories, I mostly just imagine males because that's all I've seen. For so many years, there were no female astronauts. Female astronauts weren't even allowed. And so I think it's why I mostly, whenever I think of even the word astronaut, although I'm a female trying to be astronaut, I always imagine a man. And it's really weird, but I guess it's just the way that society and maybe media projects it. So what I'm hearing a lot is that even though you look up to female astronauts like Mae Jemison, Sally Ride, um, you sort of think of male astronauts immediately because that's all that's been predominantly, you know, historically, and that's all that's predominant, predominantly shown in, uh, in media. So it's, it's more like a subconscious sort of um, thing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, like definitely. I, it's not that I not inspired by female astronauts like I find female astronauts extremely inspirational but I think when I go back to like my childhood and when I first started wanting to be an astronaut everything that I read you know when I was like I don't know 10 was all from men and like everything you read in history books is all about male astronauts and you look back and I watch these videos and documentaries and they're all male astronauts so I think that just comes from something that I grew up with that has just kind of continued um but I hope that I can be that next female astronaut that's going to change that. <laughs> I think you definitely will be. And I'm really glad that you sort of brought this up because it is kind of an icky topic, but um, I'm really glad you brought it up because there's sort of, there's a lot of truth behind that, right? Because how it's been shown and how you've seen things is how you're going to be inspired by them. So I, I admire your honesty about that. And to sort of, you know, add on to why women in STEM are important. In addition to, you know, diversity, everything you said, I completely agree with. And to add on to that, um, this is admittedly a little bit more of a technical and logical standpoint rather than a emotional or ethical standpoint. But I think diversity in STEM fields matters, especially in like tech, like um, software engineering, sort of that, all of that, is so that we can make products that, you know, are better that for lack of a better word, you know, like any field, the products that are uh, produced have some sort of market value, right? You make something, you sell it. That's the whole point. Every field creates something to market and sell it because that's what the company does. You know, that's what your, your career is to uh, apply your skills to help a company make money. And so if you have um, more women in STEM fields, especially tech, this is especially true because tech is an increasingly bigger part of our lives. So by improving these products and making them more relatable or useful or better for minorities and most notably women, which, you know, I guess is technically not a minority because we're literally 50% of the population, but either way, we've been overlooked, right? So having more products that cater to that uh, minorities and women um, or better serve them uh, by improving existing products can help companies uh, make more profit because they're selling to more people, right? So this in turn can stimulate uh, the entire economy because a company would, you know, ideally pay more taxes. And by paying more taxes and, you know, having more profit, they can fund government programs, right? The government can, uh, uh, can fund like educational programs or things for underprivileged students or people. Um, and they can take advantage of these opportunities. So, you know, uh, student education pro programs like FAFSA, you know, the federal um, student aid for college and 
all of these things. So I think diversity in STEM is really important from an economic standpoint too, because it has this chain reaction that sort of serves the entire uh, country as a whole and is better for everyone. It's not just about that women in STEM, it's about everybody. Yeah, and I think that's a really great point that you made, especially about on a business standpoint, because I don't think a lot of people realize a lot of companies that are targeted at female, like products that are targeted at females, aren't necessarily run by females. But yet, if they were to target it more, and I guess use us, um, you know, in a more positive aspect, that they not only would we grow, but they would definitely grow with opportunities, and we would have more opportunities in these sort of business fields and the products that they're selling us like economically I think like the big question for the day in this podcast is Megan have you ever experienced any challenges as being a woman in STEM um luckily and I'm very very lucky to say this not extensively um I think the kind of toxic people that discourage women or people in general from pursuing STEM are everywhere and they will always exist which is really unfortunate and really really sucks but i have not experienced any unusual amounts of discouragement um especially not because i'm a i'm a woman um it's i'm really lucky to say that i think the amount of discouragement and all of that that i have faced is sort of quote unquote normal which shouldn't exist in the first place but um, it's not any extra. And I think a big reason for that is because we're really lucky to live in a place that is so diverse and progressive and accepting as the Bay Area. You know, there's a lot of support systems for women in STEM here, and everyone is encouraged to, you know, explore STEM uh, in the Bay Area. That's a really big deal here. We've talked about that in our previous episodes. Um, but that doesn't mean that any of this is less daunting um, because, you know, the Bay Area is a huge tech hub of the world. and uh, STEM is a big deal here. There's still a massive disparity between the number of men and number of women. So it's still a little bit scary and you definitely still feel discouraged. At least I really do. Um, but it's not particularly because I'm a woman. It's more of like a combination of everything. I haven't been, you know, told to leave a room or not say anything because I'm a woman and I don't have a you know, valid opinion. Luckily, I know that happens to countless women all over the world, um, and even all over the all over the country and in California too. But um, I haven't really faced any particular discouragement, which I'm really lucky to say. That's super amazing that you haven't experienced anything like that, and especially like like I think you said, it's definitely the area that we live in. But I think. With me, um, if I'm going to answer the question about, you know, like, have I ever experienced any challenges? I think it'd probably be like a big yes. Um, definitely not as much as like definitely other females who may live in other areas because we do live on a really big STEM focus, like Silicon Valley, literally. Um, but definitely like with me wanting to be an astronaut and me being an in an engineering field um, and me wanting to be in the military, you know, these are three areas that are extremely male-dominated and um, especially like being an astronaut you know this is something that I don't necessarily think is going to be as difficult for me as it would have been for women in the past because astronauts nowadays can be women and NASA super supportive like really supportive actually with trying to get more women into space you know we're going to see in 2024 hopefully the first woman is going to land on the moon 
And this is taking like a major leap into what we're going to be seeing in that aspect of my life. And when it comes to engineering, um, I've always known, you know, that like my degree is definitely going to be male dominated. Like I think that's just something going into it. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And I guess I didn't really realize till I was in my high school engineering class that I kind of like saw this in real life. Um, I was in a class where there were only two other girls and like a class of 38 people. And so when the girls were absent, there were days when I was literally the only girl in the class. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess this is like how the rest of my career is probably going to be. Um, but luckily I was, oh my gosh, those guys were super nice. Like everyone was super nice to me and really welcoming. Um, and that was a really great experience. Like I'm not going to lie and say that there weren't times when, like, you know, guys would make inappropriate comments when, like, they thought I wasn't listening and things like that. Um, but they were just really nice to me, and I really liked their support for me. You know, being a female in engineering, it felt really nice. And then finally, I think military is definitely a big aspect. Um, I think, you know, when we even just think of the military, especially right now, there are a lot more opportunities for women. But they also have a past and a history of not being so open to women, especially, you know, it's like military wise, you know, physically wise. Um, women have always kind of just been at like a disadvantage based on opportunities. And so like, I think the super surprising thing for me is that I found out that all combat roles were just open to women in 2015. Like we've only had the opportunities for this for four years. And that's insane to me. But also along with that, what I want to do is I want to fly um, fighter jets. And so fighter jet positions have only been open to females for 27 years. And so although it's like rough to see like statistics like this, you know, be like, oh, gosh, like it's so early on in the process. Um, I think it's taking a really big step because they are trying to include more women. And especially, you know, with the new Space Force. It's become the new, like, mo most inclusive military branch for women that's out of all six. So that's super great. Um, but I think there's also the aspect, you know, of going to the military. Um, you do have a really high rate of, like, sexual assault cases and things like that. And so that's definitely one of the things that does worry me. And I think it's, like, one of the challenges that I just have to be conscious about going into, you know? Definitely. And to add on to basically everything you said um we, we alexis and i are both in a class called avid through our middle college program and we have to do like you know tutorial study groups every tuesday and thursday and i'm taking a computer science class right now and i'm struggling with one of the um coding assignments and my entire breakout room so all the people that are in my computer science class uh not in my computer science class itself but the level they were all male every single one of them. I was the only woman. And it was in that moment where it really hit me and I was like, oh, like I'm kind of an outsider here. Like I, everyone here is a dude and there's a lot of testosterone and, you know, sort of male energy in here. And I don't really know how to blend in or fit in with my peers, which is really important in study groups, obviously. And I didn't really experience that before because I was in a math class um, before, and math is relatively, you know, especially lower level math is, is pretty unisex, right? Because everyone takes math. Um, but when I got to that tutorial group, I was like, oh, 
maybe, you know, I should be more conscious of this in the future. But luckily, the guys that I was paired with were really welcoming and they were willing to answer any question. And these guys have a lot more coding experience than I do. And so, you know, when I asked like sort of a very basic question, they were very patient with me. And I, you know, like big ups to them because that sort of energy and being more welcoming and understanding and, you know, guiding like a mentor for a woman in STEM does not have to be female, right? It can be male too. Like anyone that's willing to help a woman overcome uh, specific obstacles and barriers that they face in order to um, pursue their dreams is what a mentor is. And so they were really helping me. And um, I think that's really important. So guys, like you have a job too for getting women involved in STEM. It's not just up to women for, you know, persevering through these challenges. You guys have to help us uh, overcome these challenges. You're the other 50% of the population. And so you also have a role in this, by the way. And um, I know, Alexis, you were talking about, um, you know, the military and all of that. And it's insane to me that fighter jets, you know, women flying fighter jets started in 1993. Like, what? Are you kidding me right now? Like, 27 years for you and me seems a little bit long, right? We're both 17, so it's like 10 years after how old we are. But 27 years is like a millennial. Like, that's someone with like maybe a master's degree maybe a PhD, but like, that's a millennial, my dude. Like, oh my God, (laughs) that's insane. That's like so new. I'm, I can't get over that. That's, I can't get over that. Um, Yeah, I know. And it's kind of scary because like, you know, I'm looking at all like my whole entire like career is literally like all male dominated. And I think like, I only have three friends that I know that are the same um, major as I am. And I, like, met them a year ago. Like, I would have never, um, I've never met anybody who wants to be an aerospace engineering major, let alone, like, people who know what aerospace engineering is until um, I met these guys and some of my best friends. But I think it's, like, sometimes kind of hard because, you know, I'm like, man, we're literally going almost on the same exact career path, almost to the same exact colleges, to the same exact schools, getting the same exact degree, wanting to get the same job to be an astronaut or work at NASA in the same field of aerospace engineering. But yet, after all that, I come to the realization, you know, that I'm most likely never going to get paid the same as them. And, like, that's an entirely different conversation to have, of course, but there is that fact of, you know, like, there are always going to be that kind of oppression in these fields that I'm going into, but yet it's not stopping me from going into them. I definitely agree with you. Like we're heading in the right direction, but we still have a long ways to go. I feel like most people don't realize like we've come really far, but we're nowhere near perfect. We're like maybe 20% there and that's being generous. Like we still have 80% of the way to go. We have major gender pain inequality. Again, different conversation, um, very controversial and very, um, lots of stuff to talk about that. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. But you know, we still have a long way to go. There's still a lot of problems with um, everything, to be honest. Even though the number of women pursuing higher education, especially in STEM fields, is increasing, there's still a massive disparity between the number of men and versus women, and all genders in between. Again, women, we're saying anyone who identifies as a woman. It is painfully clear that it's time for change. We are here, and we will ensure that our voices are heard. We're not going to stand by anymore. It's our time. 
thanks to all the hard work of women and people that support women before us, as well as mentors of all genders we meet along, along the way, we have the opportunity to pursue our goals and achieve our dreams. And it's also really pivotal that more women really just get involved in STEM fields and that they have the proper support services and help along the way. Megan and I really encourage all of our listeners to be conscious about how their actions, though, can really encourage or discourage women from pursuing their STEM goals. And one way to do this is by acknowledging us for understanding the material, rather than just like plainly congratulating us for our gender. We want to be treated as equals, even though we may be women in STEM, and not commemorate us for being brave to pursue STEM fields. And so we also encourage all women who are listening, no matter what age, to pursue their dreams and to go against societal stigmas. And I'm super excited for the future of what we can do. We hope this episode shows the progress our generation is making and will continue to make on this issue. And with that, I'm your co-host, Megan Mehta. And I'm your other co-host, Alexis Bondarenko. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Go. This episode was co-created, co-hosted, and co-written by Megan Mehta and Alexis Bondarenko. Alexis Bondarenko is the primary producer for this episode and for Thingscope. Megan Mehta is the graphic designer, social media marketing manager, and web manager for Thingscope. The first song in this episode is Early by DJ Quads and is available at chilloutmedia.com slash DJ quads. The second song is EDM Detection Mode by Kevin MacLeod and is available at incompetech.filmmusic.io. This episode was distributed by Anchor. Thanks for listening.